0: I think the way to get ahead in life is to get around people who are already ahead. It's overlooked. Partnerships are overlooked. For me, I want to help other people realize and wake up saying, hey, you don't have to do this by yourself. I've
1: spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Ryan Secko, welcome to the show. Good to have you you
0: here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. I heard a lot of great things about you, and it's it's, it's about time we finally connected.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. So I've seen you on, on videos forever. So people that don't know Ryan, so Ryan, Executive Vice President of Cardone Capital, been with Grant for years, you guys manage over 20,000 units now. Um, raised, you said over a billion dollars from retail investors specifically, which is very interesting and unique. I, I would say probably one of the, you can correct me, but it sounds like one of the only people on planet earth that have raised that much money from from crowdfunding it, from retail investors, which is fantastic. I love the mission that you guys have too, because it's, you know this, it is a lot easier to go raise at your level as well, to raise from get big checks. And at that, at that point, you're almost like, let's just get rid of the, retail investors. They're actually, they're hard to deal with. They have right. questions, but I think you and Grant have something deep inside of you guys that you want to help regular people get into real estate and get into big, large multifamily real estate, which is what all the wealthy people do to allow little people to do that, which I love it. So today we're going to dive into all this kind of stuff. So um, Ryan, dude, welcome in uh If you can give us a, you know, just give us the thumbnail, like 30 second overview of you, your career, and then we'll dive into all of it, but give us like the 30 second overview stuff that I missed.
0: Yeah, no, so look, I was, um, my, my first career, so so my uncle was a builder and I've always wanted to be in real estate, uh, but my first career was actually a, a commercial airline pilot and I went to training, I had student loans, 140 grand and um, uh, uh, I went to go work for United and, and I flew jets from the age of 21 years old, I was one of the youngest pilots till the age of 30 and uh, at the age of 24 and 25, I literally started researching and figuring out how to do four plexes and eight plexes. But I went to a class. It was the Regulation D class, which is what we're talking about here—funds and how to get them started. And um, it was always so bulky. Like there was no such thing as Reg D, five hundred six C. And so what I did is I built up the twenty-one units. I hit the age of thirty years old. I wanted to join a team that was like going places and, and you know had 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 a, had a team because I was doing this by myself. Yeah. And so I knew so that, I knew to
1: that decide while you were flying, you just take your money and start buying multifamily.
0: Yeah, I had I had I had uh, 18 days off as a pilot. So I'd go to work, I'd come home, I'd, you know, do the four units, do the eight units, and I was doing everything myself. And when I hit the age of 30, I was like there's got to be something bigger, like what's next. And so I literally found Grant on YouTube and his messaging and in the way he spoke and the way that what he represented because that thing inside of us all, right? Like why we're doing this, he had it. And I knew that 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 he was an amazing leader and I wanted to learn a lot from him. Like Grant Cardone has been a lot of things to me. Uh, from a mentor, a leader, I I literally the last nine years, I've been with him every day. And he is an absolute beast, but he is also an absolute, like, just a genuine person. So at the age of 30, I decided, hey, I'm going to resign, I'm going to give up all my days off my my retirement, all that stuff. And I'm going to go work for Grant Cardone. Two weeks later, I was here in Miami, where I sit today. And um, you know we'll, we'll 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 jump into the rest, but yeah, no. Yeah, i let's I, just keep it yeah. rolling.
1: So yeah, you yeah. So what happens there? And how did you even reach out? Did you just send him a message? How do you even get in touch with Grant Cardone? This is I just
0: called, Yeah, I just I called his office and I said, look, I would love to add value to Grant's team. I could fly airplanes and I love real estate, and that was really my shoe in. He didn't have an airplane. He the airplane came like two or three weeks later, and Elena, his wife, really like got me into the groove of things. But literally, I, like I was flying, I had ten thousand hours. I was flying airplanes but I've been studying and and working and doing the real estate to where I could add value at different levels. So you hit him at the perfect time. He had just was just getting that jet and needed a pilot, right? 1000%. He had 2,500 units. He just got the jet. He had done zero crowdfunding. All the only crowdfunding he did was from friends and family. And so he had a portfolio of 2,500 units and he owned 95% of the deal. And he let 5% come in from, you know, his friends Mm -hmm. and, and his sister and his brother.
1: <laughs> so how t- walk us through how does the how does a private pilot turn into multi-billion dollar fund manager walk us through this
0: Well, look, I mean, when you're around Grant every single day, the pressure's on. And and I always told myself, if I could last a week, I could last a month. If I could last a month, I could last a year. If I could last a year, I could last 10 years. It's really like you, right? I mean, your father was and still is one of the largest fund managers. Well, Grant, it's very similar, right? Like like when I say Grant is different things to me, like literally, he's been a mentor. He's been a dad. He's been a friend. He's been a boss. He's been like all of the above. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that type of leadership, it's really like the put me in coach moments. And, and, and for me, since I am all in, like Grant calls me, here's an example. He's like, he gives me one task. I'm like, what else do you need? What else do you need? And so he just loaded me up with a bunch of responsibility. Look, I just love responsibility. I knew raising the capital and raising the money and all that stuff would happen. Now it's like, okay, we have the responsibility to do the right thing. I think a lot of people get confused and like, oh, it's so easy to raise money. Yeah, but you got to invest in the right vehicles. You got to do the right things. You got to set up the right teams. You got to set up the right processes because you can grow something for the first time, but you can't grow it to a billion and then 10 billion and then a hundred billion If you don't have these certain things in place. And so, you know, look, it was each day uh, I ask a lot of questions and I've really surrounded myself with a team of individuals from third party and in-house attorneys to, you know, great, like some of the best real estate uh, owners and operators and management companies. Like I, I, you know, you and me, I think we share this in common. You and I are probably like really curious individuals for me. I'm like, well, how does that work? how did you do this? How, and you know, over the course of nine years, you continue to get elevated and you know, here I sit with you.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
0: And I I want to
1: highlight what you mentioned. I think people overlook this. They could, they could say, Oh, Ryan got so lucky or right. Ryan, uh, you know, and I think some people when you like the, the thing about entrepreneurship, a lot of people think I got to be the next Mark Zuckerberg. Like I got to just right. come up with this crazy idea called Facebook. And that's <laughs> the only way to do business. And reality is you can, do boring businesses. Number one, like real estate it's kind of a boring old school business. And number two, align yourself with an incredible entrepreneur and do exactly what Ryan did. There was probably a hundred other people that had the same opportunity as Ryan, but the cream rises to the top and you, you met it right there. Hey, what else can I do? What else can I do on the phone? And you kept asking, you were curious, kept asking questions. And, and just for me being entrepreneur, I have about 50 employees right now. It's funny I know every day the employees that are actually actively thinking or asking questions want to improve and other employees that just want to collect a check. Right. And what's funny is over nine years, what happens is some of those employees that we you know formerly were just the, you know, the guy cleaning up or the assistant, all of a sudden we're giving them huge responsibilities because they've aligned and proven and grown. And it's just been really cool. So I don't want people to just under, like overlook what you just shared. And actually I want to dive into that. You mentioned Kind of a, a go-get, like a, I'll get it done attitude. What other kind of attitude do you think you brought that made Grant say like, "Hey, I'm gonna invest in this guy. I'm gonna help this guy grow. We're gonna we're gonna give him more stuff."
0: Well, look, I, I you know I, I've always been taught from a young man is you're not above, you're not below, you're just equal with people. And I'm the chief executive B. You know, like like you know I, I you know I'll, I'll I'll do whatever it takes. Like literally, you could send me to a property, and I'll tell you what the issues are, and I'm gonna fix it. Uh, you can give me a task and I'm just going to make sure that the right person's on the deal. So, you know, for, for me, fine. And and look, you know, I I did get lucky in the sense that I had a lot of great mentors growing up. And my uncle was really tough on me when I was growing up because he was like, Hey, look, Ryan, you, you, you like, like, you're not even working hard. Like, let me show you how to work. And so I've always had this grit and I've always had this hard work and instilled inside of me. But when you get, so when, when you're ready and you get this opportunity, that is actually luck in, in my definition, right? Because a lot of people, they're not prepared for when the opportunity comes. I, I've always been studying, like when I was 25 years old, I was like, okay, how do you raise money? How do you do Reg D? I've always known it was bulky, right? And so when I got on Grant's team, I was with him every day. So again, for 10 years, I was prepping to build 10,000 hours. So that way, when I joined Grant's team, I could, dry, I could drive and fly his Gulfstream G200, So literally when Grant pulled me into his office, he's like, hey, can you fly this airplane? I said, hell yeah. He's like, are you sure? Because he, you know, Grant doubts everything, right? And I'm like, put me in training for four weeks. I'll come up, I'll show up. And I had the airplane completely tricked out. Like I had all the uh, organizational stuff done. I had all of his stuff that he wanted on the airplane done. I had all of it, like everything was like it was a fine-tuned machine, and so once I showed him that I could operate and maintain the airplane in the aviation department, then he's like, "Well, hey, let me start sending you to deals. Hey, let me start putting you on these calls. Hey, let me start putting you in front of the banks. Let me start putting you in front of the debt guys. Let me start putting you in front of the brokers." And so it's like every single day when you're with somebody, literally, we would hop off the airplane and we'd go shop deals. I've shopped tens and tens of thousands of apartments with Grant, and I'm almost four. I'm 38, i I'm I'm thirty-nine years old. I'm almost forty. Like, like, like it's, it's a very similar experience to you when you're like bred and you're, you're sharing the same home and the same airplane, like you really get that intimate feeling and that's what we have. And so my attitude has always been like, Hey, I don't know everything. What, like, like, how can I help you? And if Grant doesn't know something, and if I don't know something, well, there's somebody that does. And we, you know, we just, we, we tap into smart people. You know, we really tap into smart people. And how you
1: you do one thing is how you do everything, right? 1000% and it just and prox I love the like Tony Robbins it's cheesy but it's proximity is power right and you mentioned that 30 times already in this episode like proximity is power be just being around being in the vicinity of people that are successful it just it rubs off
0: 1000% and and you cannot not be successful hanging out with these individuals literally my net worth has grown 10, 20, like, like all of my money that I make and, you know, we're working and we're doing all this stuff. I literally invest it into the deals right next to Grant. So there's one thing to listen to, 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 okay, a person, what they're doing, but it's another thing to actually invest with the people and become a part of the company because now I have uh, a invested interest on how these deals do what we're doing, how we're raising money with the investors. Like, it's just a really good thing.
1: Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So, so shifting gears for a little bit, um, with your funds, how yeah. many are Reg D 506Bs? How many are Cs? How many are Reg A's, Reg CFs? I think you guys do a mix of all of them. And you don't have to give us like everyone, but in a general sense, how many investors, how much money is coming from each vehicle?
0: Yeah, so we, we, we do two different types. We do Regulation A, which is the non-accredited, and then we also do the Reg D 506C. Those are the only two funds that we've actually done because those are the two perfect vehicles that work for us. Uh, we have done three funds that are not accredited, and the first one was the fifty. The second one was actually during COVID, and when that happened, Grant was like, "Hey, look, we all decided, you know, right now is probably you know a time where people are in more crunch mode, and so we we did the second fund that was thirty. The the goal was fifty, but we just closed it, and then we opened up a third one where the target's seventy five. And we're at like 55 million bucks and so we got 15 and then we'll close that one down and we'll keep doing them i mean even though it's more money it's more time it's more rules and regulations we do have that thing inside of us where grant Elena, and myself where we were not accredited as a commercial airline pilot i made 125 i was technically not accredited and so i will always have a fight in in, in that race but then on the flip side you know, the backs of the giants comes from the reg D506C, where we can go out there and do social media. We've never used Bravo because it's like, you know, yeah, there's a carve out for sophisticated investors, but we're so big on social media. We yes. Grant literally and across all of our platforms, we have 16 plus million followers. And so for us, it's like, OK, we'll go and get the letter from the attorney or CPA. We'll check that box and we'll move on. We're on fund 22 right now. Um, and so we've raised a few hundred you know million from non-accredited and we've raised the rest from these giants who really allow us to do these bigger deals because all of our deals as you know these funds we've done portfolio funds we've done single asset funds but all of these deals, Typically, they run parallel with the non-accredited and accredited. And so that way you're able to do bigger deals. I, I think a lot of issues and a lot of people, they think that they could raise from non-accredited and only non-accredited where really the two tools were meant to be put together in our case for real estate because you're able to raise more money faster than, you know, five or 25. Like our minimum is five grand on the reggae. Our minimum on the accredited is 100 grand. And the average person comes in for like 450, 500 grand.
1: Gotcha. Okay. I was going to ask those questions. Yeah. So, and people that are talking a lot of language here on just for people that define things. So Reg D 506 C's, you can publicly advertise. You're raising from accredited investors or above, which means you have a million dollar net worth, excluding your home, make $200,000 a year or $300,000 a year with your spouse. Or now they have a few things you can do. Like you can take a test and other stuff. That's kind of general rule. Non-accredited investors are everyone that doesn't hit that category. So just regular Joes, but you guys have a minimum of 500 or Uh, five grand investment, Um, which is funny. I I was looking up stats. The average Reg A investment is $780. And the average Reg CF, which is crowdfunding is like $230. So it's it's funny how small these are. I, I would agree. I, if I was going to do a reggae, I would, I would set at least a five grand minimum. So you have a, <laughs> cause you don't want to be, it's just not worth your time to answer the messages and pick up the phone to, you know, issue K ones for someone with, you know, a couple hundred bucks, but
0: yeah. Um, and we actually, we actually switched that out. So we initially ran K ones and then we actually converted the third one into a REIT. So we sent 1099s. They'll still okay. get all the benefits, but it just goes into the REIT because I agree with you. Like right now we're at 12,000 investors. Our goal is to have 120,000 investors and then 1.2. So it's multiple right it's that 10x like grant wrote that book the 10x yeah. we just we just we just the you know, our goal is to continue to 10x it
1: yeah oh, that's awesome that's really cool so um i love it now do you do you going forward do you guys plan to continue it sounds like continue to raise reg A's and reg d's just in tandem with each other forever is that the plan
0: yeah 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 one thousand percent in these rules And and the SEC has allowed us to do that. Look, I think that there's a lot of benefits. Um, You know, would we ever consider going uh, public or even being private, like a REIT, you know, where people come in, like a a Starwood or a Blackstone model, right? Um, The answer is yes, we've thought about it. But, you know, look, ultimately what we're doing right now is working. And so we'll just continue to, you know, copy, paste, rinse and repeat. And, you know, I think you know, Right now we're at 40 deals, 12,000 units and two office. I mean, what we're doing is really working and it's giving people the opportunity to invest in these large institutional style deals. Like that's the power. Like I hope if one, like if, if, if your fund guys are launching a fund, that's the power of these funds. You know, when you and me first started out, the biggest thing is like I can go and find deals, but I, I, you run out of money at a certain point in time. With this, it's almost like the people are are investing with you. As long as you're a uh, ethically and morally sound individual, like this is the thing that we all uh, need to start thinking with because these funds allow us to go and do more. And you really don't start hitting scale until you can get 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 units.
1: Yeah, uh, I love it. Uh, shifting gears, I want to ask yeah. you about yeah. capital markets this last year. So. I've talked to a lot of fund managers and they were like, man, 2019, 2020, it was really easy to raise money. Last year was way different, different landscape, different investment. We still raised money, but we just had to do it in a lot different of a way. Did you guys see a huge shift this last, let's let's just call it last 12 months? And what was that shift? How did you guys adjust?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, we we saw a huge shift and this is going to be completely different from what you're hearing, right? So for us, we typically raise between, you know, call it one and 3 million a day. Our target's 3 million a day. And, you know, what we what what happened is we actually had a shift off of a deal API. Cool I love that because you guys have so many
1: investors like three million a day. That's awesome, actually. I love yeah,
0: that. No, well, no, look, I mean, if I send Grant, we did one point five or two million. He's like, yep, one million. short. This is why I love Grant. That's why we're such great partners, because it's like I'm focused on operations and doing the deal and getting everything done and investors and scaling, and growing everything. And he's just like, yep um that's a great stat ryan but you know you could do better you know hey you're, it's great stat but your team can do better like like you know and, and, and he's a real he's a real pusher and driver but yeah no look we we had a shift from actually raising for a deal you know your guys and you guys have seen this right when you're raising money for a fund in real estate typically people want to see the deal well we don't have a deal right now we're literally raising money for opportunities and distress deals where maybe we go in as prefmes piece yep. and or we take over deals and or we just buy deals right now at a new value compared to where they were eight months ago so what we did is we're actually raising a fund it was launched 150 and we've already raised 80 million dollars in cash like we don't do commits uh one thing that is makes us different is you know you say hey i want to do 400 grand great send me the money i don't count you in until your money's actually in this oh, deal if you don't do
1: capital calls it's all called day one and you just sit on the money do your pref and management fees all start when it's
0: even sitting. No, we don't we don't collect the fees but what we did is we actually negotiated with the bank we're on the accredited fund the the individuals we have uh, interest bearing account it's at four percent and so what we do is we actually mark when they come in so as they're waiting on the accredited fund they actually get credit for the four percent and so when we close on that deal we'll actually send them in the form of a distribution the four percent which is more than most people can get in their own account and, and or you know, they have to lock it up in, in t-bills or, or um, uh, cds so we've created this where where are you know look we we, we have um And our audience understands this, right? We do a Zoom call. Like we literally until 11, uh, 1030 last night, we were on a Zoom call with 1500 people. We do Zoom calls every single month. Grant myself, jump on. Like we are out there. We're not just hoping and praying that we can do this. We're like, hey, this is what we're doing, guys. This is what we're gearing up for. We've already got three or four deals we're working on. Send your money. You earn 4%. We close on the deal. It's a short-term wait for a long-term reward. We oversubscribe all of our deals
1: yeah that's cool uh, i love it what's your um i love it. that's actually really that's a really cool idea have the money come in pay four percent just, just until we have a good deal then we can close really quickly on deals when we see them i actually think that's a really cool idea
0: we closed on we bought a deal from goldman last um three months ago we closed all cash because the debt market got all wobbly at the skates like literally on an office deal was eight percent i'm like i'm going in at a seven cap rate i'm like i'll just close we'll close cash raise the money for tenant in, uh, uh, improvements and leasing commissions, close it all. And then the investor gets, you know, six, seven, 8%, and then we'll refinance it when the markets kind of settle in. But the debt markets have been uh, uh, very uh, uh, not conducive for doing deals. That's actually yeah. where the gap is. You know, when you want to go out there and buy something, you got to get debt because most people can't close cash. Most people don't want to put 50% down and it screws up your uh, screws up your IRR, to be frank. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So, so. <laughs>
1: Oh man, that's uh, very interesting. And now how I'm curious, how many, I don't know if you track this, how many people repeat investors that do you have of that? I don't know if you're a non-accredited and accredited, like when someone starts with a five grand investment, do they come back with 10 grand or 20 grand later? Did they just repeat or do they just do once? Like what's your case if you can share a little bit of data, cool. I'm curious on the reg A side of things. What is that? I know more reg D, like I work in that space, but reg A's, I haven't worked in as much. I'm curious just how that functions with reg A investors.
0: I'll get the exact stats. So next time when you and I do a wrap, we we have the exact stat. When I look at across the board, it's like 40 and 50%, probably even higher for the Reg D that's blended. But we have a lot of repeat investors. And the reason why is like, for example, a guy, Jamie, he's based out of Austin. I've used his name a couple of different times. The first deal he did to fund one, he did 150 grand. He's now invested with us for close to $6 million. So we have a lot of these repeat investors because look, we send out monthly distributions. They see the K ones, they see the financials, they see the deal. We have a portal built out for the investors. Once people know and trust you, like literally, and you've seen this too, like once you have your base, you know, we're all praying for each other. We all want each other to win. Like we all see these deals, and so you know, we have the growth conference. We just rolled off of that where Tom Brady and these big names were there. People, our investors, come there. It's amazing when 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 you when Grant's like, hey, how many investors do we have? A lot of people raise their hand. And so we have a tremendous amount of repeat, especially in the um, accredited. I'll get the number on the reggae.
1: I was looking for the ballpark. Yeah, I'm just, I was just curious yeah. on the reggae, but um, the, uh okay, really interesting. So that was kind of last 12 months of cap raising. I'm curious, you know, your thoughts and the team's thoughts looking forward. Next 12 to 18 months, what does the crystal ball hold, especially in the multifamily markets? What are you seeing with rates, with the Fed, with just overall markets right now? What are you guys kind of seeing and, and looking at?
0: Well, this this is my personal opinion, right? Um, I think I think the Fed has done a terrible job at 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 being responsive to inflation. Uh, I personally believe they waited too long. You know, we 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 were all having a a roundtable thinking that they should have raised rates earlier. Um, So now they have to do it. Inflation is still a battle. They're going to hold rates, I think, for higher than they, you know, priced into the market. They were pricing in Q3 and Q4 that rates were going to come down. Yeah, and I see all the, you know, you and me track all the yield curves, right? It's like, it's yeah. it's there. You know, you go to Chatham and it's like, you know. A lot, in- of, a
1: lot of those yield curves are predicting right now, like in July, August, they're starting to come down. It's what they're predicting, but that's what the market's pricing in, but who knows, right?
0: Yeah, but who knows because these feds are, you know pretty adamant about you know hey look we're really like like we're going to continue to raise rates and we're going to hold it there so what happens is you know you just have to readjust look our 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 long term vision has always been clear we're going to buy this stuff we're going to hold it for 7 10 years we'll either refinance it sell it and or package package it all up and roll it up into an upgrade and or sell it to a big company our game plan hasn't changed like that part of the business never changes we buy in all cycles and so we'll continue to buy Uh, It has to cash flow. It has to make sense. But, you know, we actually think there's opportunities when there's a lot of chatter on the mics, when there's a lot of chatter in the air. That's when the real opportunities are. So I feel bad for people who have to sell. I feel bad for people who have three and four and five year uh, fund cycles. You know, we always wanted to set it up where we had the flexibility and the latitude because that's where you get pinched. Yeah, I know people do it for fees and the recycle of money and all that stuff. But, you know, in our business, specifically in real estate, we've always felt it's a long term wealth creation and you get all the benefits while you ride. Mm, Yeah, a lot of opportunities, though, man, a lot of opportunities. I think 12, 18 months. Now's the time. It's go time, baby.
1: You know, it's funny. I talked to a lot of fund managers that manage, you know, significant portfolios, well over, you know, a few billion or up to a decabillion dollar funds. And a lot of, you you would be surprised of the optimism they have right now. They're almost excited. And that's funny. I talked to other people that are scared, nervous. They're like, dude, this is, we've been, we've been just ready. Like we are, it's go, it's it's go time. Just like that. It's really funny to talk to them. And it's and it's true. That's, I mean, that's where, that's where good money managers make the money is right now. And they find great deals that are distressed. And yeah, we feel bad for somebody else that was over leveraged, but like, you know, we're going to come in and we're going to benefit our investors really, really well. And so it's, it's a cool, uh, it's a cool place to be.
0: When the tides go out, you see who's wearing clothes.
1: Yep. So, uh, I have a different, different question for you guys. Um, uh, this is, and I had a bunch of people ask me this question too. And I was, I I didn't know the answer I wanted to ask you. And I don't know if you have insights. Um, 2020, Grant put out a video on social media, and I think he was because a bunch of people were like picking at Grant, like he was running this bad business. And he put out a video: "I'm selling the jet, I'm selling all my stuff, we're going bankrupt." Right. And yeah. I, anyways, I thought he was trolling everybody. I'm curious, what was kind of the back, if you can share the back end story yeah. of that video that went viral on social media?
0: So timing is everything, right? And 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 he was literally filming a show called "The Undercover Billionaire." Yeah, what happened was they took away everything from him and they gave him $100. And so he went and I actually dropped him off in Pueblo, Colorado, and they gave him 100 bucks. And so literally he went broke, he went bankrupt, he had zero money, he he couldn't even use his name. And so he had to go out there and and, and build a company in 90 days for a million dollars. Well, literally in the middle of that COVID happened. And they, they, they were forced to shut down the show. And so he came back with this bald head and, you know, he was in the office and they were shooting this, you know, webinar or whatever it was. And he was literally in promo mode for the show. Okay.
1: Gotcha. Literally,
0: literally saying, Hey guys, you know, I'm going bankrupt. I'm going broke. I've got like, like, I've got to figure this thing out. I'm selling everything. And, you know, the timing of that with COVID and everything else just wasn't perfect timing for him. (laughs) But, but the crazy thing is, you know, Grant, Grant is a, uh, he's one of the best marketers I've ever met in my entire life, you know, yeah, you know, was it was it not a great look for the investors 1000%. But once he explained it to people, he understood. And what happened was he actually got a massive, massive spike on Google. And we track all this stuff, right? We had people like all over the world reaching out and calling us. And so it created this huge inflow. And, um, you know, we probably ended up raising more money off of that. Now, obviously, is that the the way people, you know, in hindsight and all that stuff? No, but but, you know, Grant does ride off the cuff and um, he's not perfect. But at the end of the day, his intentions are never like, you know, because look, you and me both know, like like the real estate and and and, and the assets and everything else, those are completely protected from not just Grant, but like those are those are their own entities. And so I think, you know, with 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 all of that, it creates confusion, but that was the backstory. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, makes it wasn't sense. the perfect timing, but you know, you move on.
1: So it was from the TV show. Okay. That makes sense. Now it was from the TV yeah. show and he was doing that for a promo. That's funny. Did you have to feel that? I mean, was it just a, was it two weeks of just fielding phone calls from people and <laughs> was was that's crazy yeah. as that sounds
0: or no? Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was not what you want as a fund manager it was not what you want as a fund it was not what you want as an individual you know put everything aside right you and me invest together um uh we're all humans here right and so people react and you know look for me personally And grant we take the money raised very serious and and we know that the brands are interconnected and if grant didn't have a fund it would be funny it'd be great but since we have that fund we just gotta you know you you, like you know man you gotta ride that line
1: Mm, yep i love it um, yeah, it's, yeah, I know. I, I would agree. Grant, I mean, he was, wasn't he labeled like one of the top marketers in the world, the number one marketer in the world for, for all these different organizations. And that's what, I mean, they always talk about marketing. That's, that's what marketing is the buzz, the, the, whether it's good or bad, it's, it's marketing. Right. And so, um, I, I was, I was curious about that question for, uh, for, uh, Cardone Capital specifically with you guys. So well, I'm curious. Well,
0: let, me, let, me, let me just add really quick too, just cause this is yeah. going to be interesting for you. Like, like last year, I, I on marketing dollars, I probably spent somewhere around eight hundred grand. Okay, in marketing, the year before I spent like fifty one grand, and so, like like w- to your point, you know Grant has been a genius marketer because, and you have a similar case where you have an education program, right? And now people yeah. know you. He has upfront people coming in where he's spending you know, on the training side, millions of dollars a month. Well, that also flows into Cardone Capital. And so for a number of years, we actually didn't spend a lot of marketing dollars because of that. He's just so creative. I mean, he is, in my mind, he is, he is a complete marketing genius. And that's how we built Cardone Capital so successfully on a lower budget, because a lot of guys go out there and they spend a bunch of money and they're looking for this ROI. This is slow. Like this is a much slower build it up. And then, and then the rewards come.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. So, cause I, I, our little company here, we spent 1.2 million last year on ads.
0: See, see, that, that's what I'm saying. And
1: it, and it works and we get leads and stuff, yeah. but it'd be really nice to post just a bunch of videos that go viral and you get free, you know, free traffic, which is, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. That, 800000 was that Cardone Capital or across all the companies?
0: Well, that's Cardone Capital alone. Yeah, now, now on the, tra- on the training side, they'll spend, you know, a million a month or depending on the, depending on the, okay, on, on the event. Extent. Yeah. But, but but all I'm saying is that some people should look at, and and you've looked at this, I know, is like, okay, you have the training, right, where you're selling something that actually creates more buzz and more leads. And you're able to offset some of the marketing. That's what Grant has done. So the companies are completely separate, but we ride off the draft of all the people coming in for the events. You know, at these events, they'll let me go for a breakfast or on stage and they'll let me pitch Cardinal Capital. You know, that that's amazing because that's a yeah. Uh, uh, that's a warm audience that already knows Grant, that already trusts them, and then they're like, "Hey, I'm making a bunch of money. Where do I invest it?"
1: Yeah, yeah, I love it. That's awesome. I'm curious, uh, organizational wise, with Cardone Capital. Um, so walk us through a lot of. I get a lot ton of questions, from people, and I'd love to ask you these. Like, okay, first off, what does your you know executive team look like? Um, who have you put in place there? How many, um, how much equity do you give or do you give revenue shares or shares or part of the GP or something to employees? How do you incentivize key employees inside of Cardone Capital? Um, and I'm I'm curious your headcount across kind of the, the levels as an organizational structure. I get this question all the time. Um, and I'd love to hear what you guys do.
0: Yeah, look, I think I think when you're first starting out, I think a lot of that stuff is you you just really need um, people who can operate the company. You know, I, I think I think too many times people give away a piece of their company to the wrong people. And so we incentivize people initially with, you know, hey, look, what are we buying? How's the performance? And then with whether it's a bonus or whether it's, you know, compensation, we allow people to come back in and invest in the fund. And so that's the initial start. Now, as you build up, and as you, you know, three years, four years, five years, six years, we are now moving to that. Because look, you and me both know when you first start out a fund, it's really hard to pay the top line, which is the executives, right? It's hard to pay the, the the most expensive people because everybody wants two fifty, everybody wants three fifty, everybody wants four fifty, depending on the and, salary, right?
1: And funds delay their return. Like you don't make money in a fund sometimes for eighteen months. You know, or you make it a little bit until you start selling these properties. Anyway, start keep going.
0: No, no, no. That's, that's what I'm saying, though. So Grant and I, we actually took very little up front, like very little. And, and and now as we continue to build the team, you know, what our structure looks like is, you know, so 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 I run the shop here in Miami. You know, my title's EVP, but I'm not worried about titles. Right. Like everybody reports to me. I've got a CFO. His name is Mark. He's really heavy in funds and also asset management. Uh, I've got in-house uh, counsel, which, you know, he focuses on compliance and uh, rules and regulations. And then I'm actually hiring a new. I had a COO, um, but what happened was, you know, our culture is a little bit different. Like we're like, like you, you know, we're, we're 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 we want to get stuff done now. And if people don't fit inside that culture, it's like, okay, who do we need? to, um, cause w- when I travel or grant travels, you know, we were looking for a director of operations and, or a COO right now I'm filling that slot and just making sure that all the projects and everything happens. Right. But, you know, those are really the main tiers, like on our fund. Okay. How do you do compliance? Compliance and accounting are really, really the most important. And then how do you get the operations where, you know, right now I'm doing, you know, between 450 and 600 unit rehabs over the next 12 months. And so you got to have somebody where it's like, chart hard charging boom 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 because our funds performance is based off of the performance of the individual assets and they all roll up to that so you know look i recommend not going out and saying hey i'm starting this new fund i'm giving you this 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 you need to say hey i'm starting this fund you need to prove yourself and then as you get invested into the company hey you know my top people are the people who actually take the money they make and invest it into the deals. Like like you can't, you can't say, hey, I support this and I'm behind this. And then you don't want to invest. All of my money that I make, I invest it right back into these deals because I truly believe in them. And I think that's actually uh one of the most important things as a um sponsor, as a syndicator, as a lead guy, is you have to put your money where your mouth is.
1: Mm, really cool. So employees, you're obviously you're encouraging them to get into all the deals. Do you give them any discounts or bonuses or I don't know, no fee, no carry to, to in those deals.
0: No, no. I mean, look, we, we He's give them like, like yeah. Yeah. For like investor relations, you know, once they raise, you know, certain, you know, like, like they do their job, they get a, a salary and then yeah. there's step ups, you know, but, but, yeah. but we're a self-issuer, right? So we self-issue our guys aren't licensed. Um, you know, and we, we just, you know, as, as the guys continue to do better and look, we pay our people very well. And so the fact is they can make a bunch of money and, one year two years three years four year uh I have an investor relations you know he's making 350 450 like it's literally like they're making more money than they've ever made in their life they can take the money if they live off of you know 50 80 100 they can take 50 hundred and start investing in these deals. And that's really, you know, one of the things that I'm proud of too, is we actually have a vehicle where our employees want to invest. You know, as I was working for United, the only option was a 401 scam. And I was like, I just wasn't, I wasn't aligned with that. You know, I wasn't aligned with that whole traditional way because I had no control of where my money was going. I had no idea what they were even investing in.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. That's awesome. Um, Right. And it's good. It's
0: good. It's good employee. It's good employee retention too. Like when you actually create this vehicle and you allow them to invest, I actually see guys where they don't want their employees to invest. It's 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 brutal. It's hard. Like you need to open that up for everybody so they have they have an interest in the company.
1: Yeah, I love it. And it's well, and it, what they do, they go the extra mile on the deals, on the rehab, on every piece of the deal. They just go a little bit extra mile because they have some skin in the game, which is so cool. Um I kept you here a little bit longer than I than I told you, but I'll I got two more questions for you, and we'll kind of wrap things up. So. Um, first question is how do people get in touch with you guys? If they want to invest, if they want to get in touch with you, what's kind of the the best avenues? And then I got the final question after that.
0: Um, cardonecapital.com is, is our our website. I actually think websites are BS. Um, the, the number that they could reach, you know, Cardone Capital is 305-407-0276. Uh, For me personally, I think it just emails the best way. And then I can filter through, you know, like if it's a phone call or whatever it is. So my email is Ryan. It's simple. R-Y-A-N at CardoneCapital.com. But we are very, you know, and again, I I don't want to beat this drum, but I think anybody who's starting a fund, like you have to have people answer the phones. You can't open a fund and think your website's going to do all the work for you. You know, that's one thing we pride ourselves on is, hey, you have a website, but it's like a landing page. And then you actually have phone call. You have have people who pick up the phones and walk them through their IRAs, walk them through the. The investment. Like I am like very like, Hey, I'll, you know, here's my cell number. Here's this, like, let's figure out a way to collaborate. Cause we actually do think that partnerships in the future become even more valuable because guys like you fund to fund individuals who are creating funds, maybe they don't have the deals they can co-invest. And so I'm really uh, optimistic about that as well, because everybody's growing these tremendous audiences. And so look, reach out to me. I would love to collaborate. We are trying to collaborate. Like this thing is big enough for all of us. And that's why I'll get on here. I'll go to your event. I'll do whatever you want me to do because I actually believe in abundance. There there's so much out there for all of us. You starting a fund has, means like, like that I'm excited for you. You know, you starting five funds. I'm excited for you. Like, let's go.
1: No, I love it. That's awesome. So Ryan at Cardone Capital, and CardonCapital.com. Capital.com. I love it. And I think that's, you hit on a great point of, we pick up the phone. We just talk to people. And I think uh, I've had a lot of people ask me like, how does Cardone Capital do it? Like, how do they, because they do like, they run on like ads and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've opted into your stuff for it. And I, I'm like, I get called by guys. Like they call me yeah. up. They just, It's just like any other fund. They just do a lot more front-end marketing, get eyeballs on them. But then they, just like any other fund, they walk you through it. They're going to do a pitch deck, whatever it is, which is so cool. I I really respect you guys for that. It's amazing. Okay, final question, Ryan. I'll let you go. This is, I love asking guests this question. So if you were to die tomorrow, okay, and this is the last podcast you ever did, this is the final message you had to leave with the world, which which is like what you would believe is the most important thing that you want to be remembered by or people that they looked you up uh, 200 years from now, they would remember this about Ryan. What would it be? And you got about a minute, minute and a half. And I'm, I haven't prepped you on this question, so I'm going to talk a little bit longer here to let you give some time to think about. it <laughs> But yeah, if you had, you know, if this is your final message on earth, and you can talk, if you want to talk politics, religion, spiritual stuff, work, I don't know, mo- motivate, like mentality, whatever it is, I, I don't care. Open mic. But you got about a minute, minute and a half. So Ryan, what would be your response?
0: Look, what, one of the things, and people that follow me on social media, they know that my message is very consistent. I think the way to get ahead in life is to get around people who are already ahead. You know, I say the fastest way to get to X is get around people who have X. Uh, it's overlooked, partnerships are overlooked. And so, you know, for, for me, I wanna help other people realize and wake up saying, hey, you don't have to do this by yourself. You know, like at Cardone Capital, it's not a pitch. It's like, if you wanna invest in real estate and you don't wanna deal with all the headaches, well, then it makes it a perfect partnership because you're gonna end up making more money with us than by yourself. And so, like like literally, I, just, I, I stress to people, please, do not do this by yourself. Get coaching, have mentors, get people who have already built something because that way you're accelerated. Um, Unfortunately, I see a lot of people like I have to have 100% ownership. Oh, I got to do it myself. It's It's just caveman thinking. And so moving into the future, like, please just remember me as like, hey, he showed up and, you know, he built this based off of like the number two guy behind Grant Cardone. And then eventually I'll be number one and they'll have another number two guy. Like, I want to, I want to keep paying it forward because that's how, like you, this is how generations are built. You can't, you're not built by yourself. And it's, look, it's much more fun with the team rather than by yourself. You know, when you're walking down the airport and you're with your buddy, you do different things, your steps different. When you're walking by yourself, it's like, OK, you're not you're not as, you know, um, uh, 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 peppy or you're not, you know, like like literally life is so much more fun as a team, whether it's in sports, whether it's in business, whether it's in X, Y and Z. Get around a team, man, that is just thinking so much bigger. So that way you can actually go out there and accomplish and fulfill what you were set here to do, because, man, uh, I've thought small my whole life. I am now really like around grant and the team i'm now stepping into my potential and it's so much greater and so i just i just hope that for everybody else you know just just step out of that old caveman and then walk into these 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 new relationships and teams
1: i love it ryan seco everybody thank you so much for coming on again ryan at cardone capital cardonecapital.com you're amazing ryan thank you for coming on today and it's been a pleasure dude thank you
0: yeah i appreciate you man you're awesome
1: okay see you guys all next time peace